Christmas, and I sincerely hope that this year you will have peace of mind, a happy life, good health, and a lot of wealth. Thank you for listening to my podcast last year. I hope you enjoyed the topics, but more importantly, I hope they inspired, encouraged, and motivated you. I want to apologize for the inconsistency last year, especially the last few months. I was going through a health situation. And to be honest, I'm still dealing with it. That's why the title of this podcast is Through the Pain. Let me tell you what was going on and how I made myself see beyond my own situation. It started August 17th of last year, three days after a virtual workout with two of my family members. Exercises I did that day, I had done several times before and didn't have any problems. Well, as I said, On August 17th, I started having back pains. They were not bad pains, so I thought I just needed to relax or put ice or heat on my back. So I iced my back and relaxed. Then I decided to soak my back. I bought some Epsom salt and got in the tub. First, I couldn't get comfortable in the tub. Then, I couldn't turn the water on to reheat the water. But the worst part of all was... I couldn't get out of the tub by myself. I was hurting just that bad. Each day, the pain was getting worse. Well, after four days of thinking it would get better and being in pain, I called my insurance company so that I could speak with the nurse or have a telehealth visit. While I was talking to the nurse, she asked me a series of questions. Some of the questions I answered no, and to some I answered yes. At the end of her questions, she told me to go to the emergency room. She told me I needed to go to the emergency room within the hour. Now I'm nervous. My back is not hurting, but my whole left side is. From my hip all the way down to my ankle. I said okay, got dressed, and went to the ER. We get to the ER and walk in. There were nurses at the entrance, and they asked if I needed a wheelchair. And I said no. I go inside and wait for the triage nurse to call my name. Finally, the triage nurse calls my name. I walk in very slowly because now I'm hurting even more. She does what's needed and then I go back and sit down. It was a Sunday and it was busy. We arrived around 11.30 a.m. and got back home about 7 p.m. But while I'm waiting there in the waiting room for the doctor to call my name, The pain is becoming more intense. When they call my name, my husband helped me get up and I walk into the room bent over and literally dragging my left leg. The room is so small that my husband cannot stand the room. The doctor had to help me get up on the bed. He examines me and tells me that he needs an x-ray of my back. He knows that I cannot walk to take the x-ray. So he gives me a wheelchair and takes me to the imaging department. 
I was concerned about being able to stand up for the x-ray, but they didn't need me to stand up. I laid on my back, which felt good and gave me a little relief from the pain, and they did the x-ray. The technician wheeled me back to the room. The doctor came in and explained to me that he was going to give me a shot of steroid for the inflammation in my back. I told him again that my back was not hurting, but my entire left side from my waist down was I was in pain. He explained to me that was because I had a bulging disc in my back that was causing pain and that I had sciatica. After the steroid injection, I went back into the waiting area for him to decide on the course of action that he would take. Finally, while I was waiting, the nurse called me back up to the triage, gave me a shot of pain medication. They gave me a prescription for pain and a steroid that was supposed to last long enough for me to see the doctor that they recommended. Now, the medication ran out before I got to the appointment with the doctor they recommended. By the time I was able to see him, my husband was helping me go to the bathroom, downstairs, upstairs, giving me the medication, cooking, cleaning, driving, and everything else I needed. The day I had my first appointment, my husband had an appointment that he could not miss, so he helped me into the building and left. Now, let me tell you, I was in pain, but I was looking good. At least I thought so. I had on a dress with these cute shoes that I could slide my feet into. But I was still dragging my leg. When the PA called me into the room, I was almost in tears. Sitting on the side of the bed, he touched my right leg. No problem. But when he touched my left leg, I almost kicked him. It hurt so bad. I apologized, but I couldn't help it. And by this time, I'm crying because I'm in so much pain. He tells me that he thinks it's sciatica, writes me a prescription, and tells me that I need to get an MRI done to confirm it, and then he could determine what I need to do next. I finish and go back into the waiting area to wait for my husband to come back. While I'm waiting for him, I drop a book that I was trying to read to distract me. I was in so much pain that I could not pick the book up. I sat there trying to get the book with my foot. While I'm trying to get the book and the papers that were in the book, this couple come in, go to the window, and sign in. There was also another lady sitting nearby in the waiting area as well. Now, I thought about asking her to help me, but I didn't because she saw what I was doing and didn't offer to help. So, I kept trying to get the book and the papers before someone stepped on them. When out of the corner of my eye, I see the lady who had just signed in come my way. I moved my foot because I didn't want her to trip and fall. She bends down and pick up my book and all the papers that fell out of it. I know this is a small detail, but I want you to know that it's the small kindnesses that make us feel better when we're in a difficult situation. The MRI was scheduled and it was difficult. I was in pain and I felt like I was going to have a panic attack. But this was an opportunity for me to see beyond where I was. I talked to the person doing the MRI and I said to her, if there is a fire or an emergency, promise you won't leave me in here. She smiled and she said she would not. But she also said, you know you'll be able to get out by yourself anyway. She told me that if I felt uncomfortable at any time, she would stop. So I got up on the bed with her help, started praying, and before I knew it, the fear was gone. It also helped me that she gave me some headphones 
so I could listen to gospel music, but I could also hear her instructions on when and how long to hold my breath. When I started praying, I began telling God how much I trusted him, how he has always been there for me and my family. With tears rolling down my face, I closed my eyes and began seeing myself getting through the MRI. I told myself, Kathy, you are not claustrophobic. Then I said to myself, God did not give you the spirit of fear. He gave you power over fear through his love. And with his love, he gave me the ability to think logically. I used those 45 minutes to my advantage. I reminded myself that I was not powerless. And despite the pain I was in, I was not helpless either. And I knew that God was still helping me. In fact, because I was in so much pain, the day that I scheduled the MRI, the lady at the front desk of the doctor's office, who the hospital recommended, had told me to call her and make my follow-up appointment with them the same day that I had my MRI since it was down the street. It was these acts of kindness that touched me, helped me, and showed me that people still cared about other people, even when we are of different races. So, after the MRI, I went down the street for my follow-up appointment with the doctor the hospital had recommended. This time, instead of seeing the PA, I saw the doctor. I took the copy of my MRI with me. He examined me and asked me questions like, is the medication giving me any relief? But by this time, it was more severe. I told him that the medication they prescribed was not working, and I told him that my husband would still help me go to the bathroom, up and down the stairs, drive everywhere, and even help me get dressed. And again, I wore a dress that day because it was easier to get into. He goes out of the room to look at the MRI, He called me and my husband to come and look at us so he could explain what was happening. He told me that I had a bulging disc, but that the disc was not that bad. So, he wanted me to see another doctor that he believed could help me with the issue. I was in so much pain that I thought he said he made an appointment for me to see another doctor. He told me the doctor was in the same building, just on the first floor. He did not prescribe me any new medications, and I thought that was because he wanted me to see the doctor the new doctor that day. I was so wrong. I go to the front desk to check out or to make a new appointment and I was told that I didn't need to make an appointment at that time. So we leave and go downstairs to the office of the doctor he just recommended. We get downstairs to the office and they cannot find my name. It's because we're in the surgical unit of this particular doctor's office. The young man sends us to the office which is right down the hall. I go in. Again, I give them my name, and he tells me he can't find my name either. We explain that the doctor upstairs, let's call him Dr. Dr. Baker, said that he had made an appointment for me to see the doctor. While we're standing at the front desk, I go to a seat and sit down because I'm in pain. I'm at the point of crying, but I'm trying my best not to cry. Well, The young man gets me a wheelchair and takes me back upstairs. The three of us go upstairs, only to be told that they wanted me to make an appointment with the doctor. By this time, I'd had enough. I'm crying, telling him, I can't go back home like this. I can't go back home like this. He wheels me back downstairs to the new doctor's office where he works and tells my husband he's going to see what he can do to get the doctor to help me. So... 
Let's call this young man Melvin. Melvin goes and talks to a nurse. The nurse calls the surgical side and leaves a message for the doctor. Melvin and the nurse come and tell me and my husband what they have done and that they are waiting for a response from the doctor. The doctor responds, but tell Melvin and the nurse that it would be about 45 minutes to an hour before he can see me. I told them thank you. I was, and I still am grateful for them. They went far beyond their duties that day to help me. So while I'm waiting, I'm still sitting in the wheelchair. I keep shifting because I'm in pain and I'm uncomfortable. During one of the updates of telling us how much longer the doctor's going to be, the nurse suggested that I go into one of the examination rooms to lie down. She takes us into the room. They helped me get up on the examination bed, dimmed the lights, turned on some music, and closed the door. I was able to lie on my back and prop my left leg up because it provided me with some relief. I honestly cannot remember how long it actually took before the doctor came into the room. But when he walked in, he said, You must be Kathy. I have been getting calls about seeing you for the last two hours. What he was saying to me was that his staff kept calling him to make sure he didn't go to lunch without seeing me first. His attitude, the friendliness, and his willingness to help me put me at ease instantly. So I put my leg down, because remember I had on the dress, and I tried to sit up. He tells me to stay on my back if it's more comfortable, which it was. He starts to examine me, and he tells me he's going to lift my right leg. Remember, it's my left leg that is hurting. He lifts my right leg, and immediately I grab my leg, and I started crying again. So he tells me he's not going to attempt to raise my left leg. I give him the copy of the MRI, and he looks at it and explains in detail what's happening. He mentioned the bulging disc, but tells me that that's not the problem. The problem was, and is, a nerve deep in my back was inflamed. He asked what medications I had been prescribed. I told him, and he said, oh, that won't help. So I asked, well, why was it prescribed? He explained to me that that was the strongest medication that the PA was allowed to prescribe. The PA is a physician's assistant. He tells me what he's prescribing and that one of the prescriptions will be written. Because I've been taking all this medication, I'm concerned about becoming dependent on them. He assured me that the way he's going to care for me, it would not happen. And he was right. He then tells me that his team would call my insurance company to schedule for me to have an injection in my back. Just as he said, his team called me with a date for the epidural injection for my back. I was so happy that I was going to get some relief from the pain. The day of the injection... My husband walked me down the hall to the surgical side of his practice for my injection. I was in so much pain. And of course, when he comes to talk to me just before the injection, I started crying. Just as he said, his team called me with a date for the epidural injection for my back. I was so happy that I was going to get some relief from the pain. The day of the injection, my husband walked me down the hall to the surgical side of his practice for my injection. I was in so much pain, and of course, when he comes to talk to me just before the injection, I started crying. Let me tell you, I cried so much last year because I was in pain. And for the first five days of this year, I cried almost hysterically. 
it has been a journey and not an easy one. But as I said earlier, I knew that God was and is with me. I'm going to stop here, but I will tell you that that first injection did not help me. But I hope you listen next week for part two. You've been listening to See Beyond Where You Are with C. Bond. Until next time, if you're in a place of pain, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, or financial pain, seek help so that you can see beyond where you are.